Hi, welcome back to Eccentric Radio, the podcast that's a literacy coach in your pocket. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Webb. Well, season three of Eccentric Radio is quickly coming to a close. We only have uh, today's episode and next week's episode. That's episode uh, 35 and 36. And uh, episode 36 marks the end of season three. In uh, each season during the school year, we have uh, 12 uh, episodes or 12 separate lessons, if you will. And uh, sometimes we have a few bonuses here or there just to kind of uh, make up for different holidays and things that are happening. And we will be starting season four on March 2nd, 2020. And season four, I'm really excited to bring you. We're going to have 12 all new books, which means 12 all new lessons for you. And season four um, will be our last season for this academic school year. We're going to take our summer break. And then in August, we'll pick up with season five and give you a whole new set of books. So because season three is uh, almost done, and like I said, uh, episode 36 next week will be our last one for season three, uh, that gives you just a couple more weeks to purchase Litcentric Radio Lessons at the current price. Now, uh, if you remember Litcentric Radio Lessons, there's one uh, featured every single episode, and they're available for you to purchase. So you get all the extra details, the text-dependent questions that we don't uh, necessarily cover on every episode. You get a picture of the bridge chart that I describe, so you have a really concrete example to start from. And uh, also the uh, writing task that goes along that brings everything full circle. And it's a highly successful process that really will help your students improve their reading comprehension. And the Eccentric Radio lessons are available for purchase on my website, eccentric.com. And uh, they are all bundled together. It's a growing bundle. So every single episode has a new lesson that gets added to it. And uh, for those of you who are interested, you only pay one low price and you never have to pay that price again. The lessons will keep um, going on as long as the show's going on. And uh, right now, uh, they're only $19 and that includes all 36 lessons. So we're talking, you know, just like around 50 cents a lesson, something like that. Um, but starting on March 2nd in season four, the price is going to go up a little bit. So if you want to get in now at the cheapest it's ever going to be, uh, this would be the time to do it. Uh, because as soon as uh, episode uh, 37 hits, which would be the start of season four, that price will not be $19 anymore. So make sure you buy access right now. Like I said, go to litcentric.com. If you hit the shop tab, that will take you to the online store and you'll find Litcentric Radio Lessons. There's a big button and picture of me podcasting there and it's easy to find it. And you can take a look at all the different titles and all the different lessons in there. So for today's episode, I'm really excited to share this particular book with you. Uh, it's called Henri Matisse, Drawing with Scissors. And this text is, um, it's a very special text because it is a biography, but it's probably unlike most biographies that you've seen or used with your students. And there's many reasons for that, but the main reason is because of the multi-genre effect going on in this particular text. I love texts that blend different genres or use them side by side, all kind of under the same title. Uh, and I think it makes for a much more dynamic uh, experience for students. And I think it also mirrors some of the experiences they're going to have outside of school where they have to draw information from multiple sources that don't necessarily um, look like one another or read like one another. And they have to use that information to help them learn something new or produce something new. 
And a book like this is a great way to do that. Plus, it's all about Henri Matisse, and I love reading about different artists and seeing their different artwork and how it evolves over time, and this is a great text to do that. So not only is it great uh, for a biography and getting kids excited about that, uh, it's also great to use if you're studying particular artists or particular you know, types of style. Uh, this is a great book uh, to read with students even for that reason. And I really love this book personally because it makes biography really accessible. Uh, because I don't know about you, but when I read uh, some biographies, whether they're written for kids or not, I mean, you know, there's different ones we could use, but they're often really stiff <laughs> and they, they're so kind of historical that they feel, um, sometimes they feel really removed from our everyday life. And I think that makes it hard for students to connect with the information. Because oftentimes in biographies, we're reading about someone that they've never heard of before, and often it's someone who is very different from them. And also, usually it's someone who's already passed away, right? So it, the time and the place in which that person lived can be really different than what our students experience um, day to day. Um, and so that's another reason why I think a book like this one is particularly good because it makes um, a connection to more the everyday experience and a more modern experience because of um, the kind of playfulness of it and because this book is unique where there's um, like an elementary school-aged girl who um, basically kind of authors the book. And so you, you hear about Henri Matisse from her perspective in her voice. So that's part of the reason why this book is so accessible. And what I really like to use it for is to really start exploring biography my, with my students because biography does not have to be boring. Oh my goodness, if, if you pull out a biography and you're forced to read it and it's super boring and you don't really connect with the person you know, that they're writing about, what is the point of dragging through students through that experience? I don't want my students to be pulled or pushed you know, through a reading experience. I want them to be able to engage at, at kind of whatever level works for them. And uh, I need to find books that are dynamic enough to do that. And Henri Matisse, Drawing with Scissors, is definitely one of those. So a biography, as we know, usually follows a narrative structure, even though it's nonfiction. So oftentimes you'll hear it put under the umbrella of nonfiction narrative. And so it already is basically a hybrid genre already. There's definitely description in there, but of course they're describing true information. And it often has like a birth to death structure to it, right? Or like a, you know, a timeline in there. And that's fine. And actually, this biography follows some of those, those general rules as well. But this one also, like I said, it has a multi-genre effect to it. So um, beyond the narrative structure with nonfiction information, we also have a personal narrative layer to it. There's also some friendly letter aspects. There's a report kind of writing aspect to it. And then the artwork itself is beautiful, of course, because Matisse's artwork was amazing, but also the added illustrations add to this kind of collage effect. And I think that's part of the reason it makes it really accessible. It really feels like a student maybe put this piece together. So uh, there's so many things to explore here, and we're going to take a look at elements of biography today and have students do a little bit of writing and experiment with that together. Now, in this text today, I have a quick aside I want to tell you about. Uh, there is a lot going on in this book because, like I mentioned, the collage artwork and uh, there's different kind of anecdotes and different pieces and captions and things going on. So I will read um, the majority, the vast majority of the text to you, but there may be little things here or there I choose to skip. 
just because for the sake of time, and sometimes it doesn't translate all that well to a podcast scenario, it's better if you have the images in front of you. So keep that in mind. And I hope you check out this book. It's a wonderful book. All right, let's take a look at today's text. Henri Matisse, Drawing with Scissors. From the desk of Miss Brandt. Dear class, our unit on famous artists is almost over. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. I am excited to read your reports. Here are some questions that you may want to think about. Why did you pick your artist? If you could ask your artist three questions, what would they be? Did you learn anything that really surprised you? Good luck and have fun, Ms. Brandt. My artist, Henri Matisse, was born on New Year's Eve. So was I. That's why I chose him for my report. It is weird to have your birthday on December 31st. I wonder if Henri Matisse got sick of people saying, Happy New Year, instead of Happy Birthday. I do. My grandfather sent me this card on my birthday. The picture is by Henri Matisse. I like the colors. They are so bright. Henri was born in 1869. That is 125 years before me. He grew up in a small town in France. His parents ran a general store. His father wanted Henri to become a lawyer. Henri worked in a law office for a while, but he was bored. He drew flowers on the law papers. So like I said, Henri Matisse drawing with scissors is full of so much good information. Not hard to process, I don't think, considering you know how much it's full of and, um, and the topic itself. But uh, like I said also, there was plenty in there that I didn't read. Lots of, you know, one-liners and different anecdotes and things. And that's definitely something I want you to explore with your students in person with the text. And um, not only because it's very important and it adds a whole other rich layer to the book, but because the bridge chart that you're going to build with students asks them to actually engage with those different elements of the text. So before I introduce the chart to students, I want to talk with them about the different elements that are on most of the pages. Not every page has every element, um, but a lot of them have very similar ones. And the bridge chart is going to have four different elements. One is the body text, and that's the um, generally the, the paragraph that's on the page where we're learning more of the or most of the information um, that sounds kind of more report-like and told uh, in the voice of the student writer. So the body text is an important piece uh, of the page. We're also going to talk about the image that's on the page because every page has at least one. And most pages have an image um, that depicts uh, one of his pieces of art over his lifetime. So that's something we're gonna focus on as well as the caption that goes along with that piece because that's a text feature I wanna make sure that students understand. And uh, as we know, captions often include information that's not in the body text. So I wanna make sure that students attend to that and, uh, and understand how that information fits in with the rest of the pieces that they're looking at. The other piece, there's two other pieces here. I believe every page or almost every page has some illustrations added and they definitely are in the style of maybe what the student uh, writer would do uh, or would add to the piece and that's kind of the collage aspect of all of this. Um, and the illustrations there tie in directly with the anecdote that's shared on the page. Now, like I said, not every page has every single one of these elements, but many pages do have anecdotes on them and that's what we want to point out to students so they understand 
um, what those are. And I would define an anecdote as a an extremely short, interesting story about a real person or an event. And I want students to understand that an anecdote can be as short as one sentence. It does not have a beginning, middle, end like a narrative or a story like generally would. Um, but it's more just more than just a basic description. It does have kind of an element of story to it because of the person and event aspect of it. But it's meant to be, you know, really either entertaining or really highly interesting. And it's something that maybe um, either supports the body text or sometimes is in addition to the body text. And it's just so darn interesting that the author wants to call it out on its own uh, because it really either helps illustrate what the author's described in the body text, or um, it's just so fascinating that um, it just reveals a little bit more about the person that we're reading about. Um, so for our bridge chart, we're gonna be asking students to help us write an anecdote for a page that doesn't have one, or maybe doesn't have a really strong one. And there's so many different pages you can do this with in the book, and I suggest that you give students lots of options and lots of practice on different pages. But the bridge chart example we're going to use is from page seven in the book, where um, the author has talked about the snail uh, picture, the snail uh, cutout that uh, Matisse has created when he was a, a very old man, like 83 years old, near the end of his life. And uh, this is in the story when uh, the two facing pages are showing how his art has changed over time. So when he was um, doing the really dark still life that he was being taught to do in art school as a very young man, and then all the way to these really abstract paper cutouts in very bright colors when he was a much older man and more experienced artist. So our bridge chart is going to have four different parts to it, and I have it kind of kind of blocked off like window panes, although they're not necessarily equal sizes, but you can decide that for yourself. But each of those sections is labeled, and I label them in different colors to really make them, make it clear to students that these are very different, um, different kind of pieces of the page, as well as having different purposes. So the first section is labeled body text. The second section is labeled image, and within that I also have it labeled caption because those go together. There's also a section labeled illustration, and the last one labeled anecdote. And uh, in the body text, you're going to pull a text uh, and quote it from the paragraph on the page. Uh, in this case, I chose uh, to only include certain parts of the paragraph um, and not so much of the personal kind of narrative layer that's added into the paragraph. You can certainly keep that in there and just quote the entire thing if you want to. But in this case, I didn't find that that part added very much uh, to this piece because she's mentioning, oh, try to guess what this painting's called. You know, I have the answer at the bottom of the page. I didn't think that was particularly important to include here. So I kept that part out, but I did show students here um, what quotations look like and how to use the ellipsis um, to show that information's missing. So I'm really trying to model appropriate uh, quotations and um, making sure that I am referencing appropriately and that this isn't my own writing, but this in fact is coming directly from the text. So in the body text, I write um, on there, uh, quote, Henri made his picture in 1953 when he was 83. It is made from paper cutouts. The colors are so bright, okay, end quote. So that's our body text. And then I went ahead and uh, just scanned or did a color copy real quick on my printer of uh, the painting 
that's um, featured on that page. And you can just, you know, you can use a black and white photo or, you know, or even, you know, snap a photo with your phone and print that. There's lots of ways to do it. But I do think it's important that we include that there because we're trying to show students how all of these elements come together and help us understand uh, this artist. And so I have that image there. And then I went ahead and wrote the caption larger. And the caption is, you know, the snail by Henri Matisse and the year that he um, that he painted it or that he uh, assembled it. And then um, I'm gonna have students help me write the anecdote nets. The illustration's actually gonna come last because that's the part where we get to decide for ourselves what we want to include. But I want my students to tie the illustration to the anecdote that we write because that's where we have a little bit more kind of creative freedom there. And in this case, I'm gonna give students a couple of options. The anecdote can be um, based on further information that we gathered from the text because this bridge chart is going to be created after we've written or after we've read the entire text and we've answered all of our text printed questions and had our discussion. So students have been immersed in this information for a while. Um, this is a long enough text where you may even want to read it over two different days just to keep kids uh, engaged and interested. But there's plenty of information we can use to write our own anecdote that goes along with this snail image and the body text. Another anecdote that students could write is something more personal. So uh, there's plenty of examples in the book where Keisha, the main you know, author slash character, um, she adds in a few other anecdotes of her own life or her own pictures and how that relates to what she's talking about and, and reflecting on, on similarities to her life and Matisse's life. And students could certainly write a personal anecdote as well. And you may choose to do that and show students the difference of how that might look and sound. Um, here for this bridge chart, the anecdote that I would maybe um, try to help kids elicit and, and help me write is something like, uh, he tried many different art forms, including cutouts, costumes, and stained glass windows. So my students would only know that anecdote if they had processed the entire text with me. Uh, but that's fine. We can do that and then talk about, wow, look, his art has changed. Look at these cutouts. He did lots of kinds of art, didn't he? Let's talk about that and write a sentence about that. Because really, this anecdote is only one sentence long, so it's very doable. And um, we're going to write that in the anecdote area. And then um, the sentence lends itself very easily to the illustration. We can um, illustrate very quickly maybe some cutouts, a quick little costume or you know shirt or something, and then a little stained glass window image. These are very simple, straightforward illustrations that you can use stick figures, whatever. This is, I mean, you want students illustrating this too. So you want to make it really um, very doable for them. But um, we want to make sure that all of this ties together because that's what this book does such a great job of is showing how um, this information really gets synthesized um, and we process not only the body text but the illustrations and images and anecdotes and captions all of that information needs to be processed by students really effectively and efficiently to make meaning uh, from a biography or really from any text and then we want students attending to all those different pieces because i don't know about you but a lot of my students when i was a reading specialist they didn't realize that they're you know that the image itself or the illustration had any real you know influence on their comprehension they often didn't read the captions at all and didn't pay attention to text features at all and um, they would just zero in on really kind of small details in the body text that maybe weren't as important as processing all the pieces together so i spent a lot of my time helping students to do that and a book like this can be great there's full of great exercises here for students to practice those things 
So I hope you'll check out this book. Henri Matisse Drawing with Scissors is actually part of a series called Smart About Art. And uh, if you follow the link on eccentric.com in season three on the listen tab, it'll take you to Amazon where you can purchase the book and you can see other books in that series to purchase as well. I highly recommend them. I think Henri Matisse's this book is just fantastic. And I'm sure the other ones are just as great with just as many good opportunities to explore with students. So that's it for us today in this episode, episode 35. Next week, remember, is our last episode for season three. That'll be episode 36. And uh, after that, those Litcentric Radio lessons are going up in price. Remember, it's just one low price. Uh, right now, $19 for all 36 lessons. So that's um, all three seasons of Litcentric Radio. Don't forget, uh, starting with season four, episode 37, the Litcentric Radio uh, lesson growing bundles going up in price. So this is your last chance in these next couple weeks to purchase um, all the lessons that we have, 36 so far for $19. And uh, the price is going to go up, but you only pay that price one time. So if you get in early, you get a really good deal. And you're just going to keep getting those lessons added every single episode of Litcentric Radio at no additional cost. So it's really a great value. And if you have any questions for me, whether it's about a book that we've covered or maybe, um, you know, the bridge chart or some of the topics that we talk about on the show, or even if you have a literacy question, I would love to hear from you. You can contact me at julieweb at litcentric.com or feel free to log on to the Litcentric Facebook page or follow me at Litcentric. Uh, and Instagram, you can you know direct message me or tag me something there. I would love to hear from you, and I love to hear kind of the challenges that teachers are having and maybe how I can help. So feel free to reach out, and we'll see you next time. Have a great day at school.